Hi, everyone. Thanks for listening to this episode with Fervid D'Souza. Um, as you listen to the interview, there's a few things that I think will strike you uh, the way they struck me. Uh, one is how Furman got the job as the under-15 girls national team coach. He was doing a session, didn't know that Savio Madera was watching, and was just being himself. And um, Savio liked what he saw, and Furman got the job. And, you know, lesson there is, you know, no matter who's watching or isn't watching, uh, to, to always put in your best effort and intend to be your best self as a coach because you don't know um, besides what it could lead to. It's just the right way to do things. Just like we don't want players taking a session off, uh, coaches shouldn't be either. Uh, the second thing that I think is really uh, riveting from the interview uh, where he takes us through the tournament is uh, how he empowered uh, the girls. You're going to hear some of the ideas he shared. And then the third thing I think um, is his advice for coaches. Listen into the, the pieces that he, he specifies about the dedication. And uh, I've worked with Furman. Um, he was in my course. And I can tell you one thing, he's got a very, very good eye um, in training to observe what's actually happening and then make interjections that are meaningful for players. I think he's, um, in terms of practical coaching, uh, someone that all of us can learn a lot from. And uh, I'm looking forward to his continued career growth. And uh, I hope you enjoy the show and would love your feedback. Much, much gratitude for all the listeners who've tuned in. Um, we're getting tons of hits uh, across the country and, and, and around the world. Thank you, thank you, thank you again. Thank you so, so much. Hi, everyone. This is the Ruby Ball Show, and I am your host, Yogi Moria. Today, I welcome Furman D'Souza, who is a longtime football player and coach from Bombay, well-known in the Bombay circuit and, of course, even the national circuit, uh, because Furman was the head coach of the under-15 Indian national team, the women's team that won the SAF Cup and finished runners-up in the AFC under-15 uh, women's qualifiers. Uh, Furman has recently completed his AFC A license. He also has a UEFA B football license. He has done a number of courses and certificates. I can go on and on about how he's immersed himself in the coaching profession. He is currently a coach and the president and founder of Football Club Mumbikers. Furman, thank you very much for joining us today. It's a pleasure to have you. It's, it's a privilege for me to be on your show. Uh, been, been looking forward to you know, be on the show when you invited me. I was really excited. Thank you, Furman. And um, so Furman, I've had the opportunity to get to know you. And um, one thing that uh, I really learned a lot from you, which I, I like the rest of our audience kind of hear a little about is the SAF experience with the women's under 15 team. Um, let's get into that a little, you know, how did that opportunity come about for you? Uh, well, at that point of time, I was with the state team, uh, the state Maharashtra team. And uh, it happens so that uh, uh, the acting technical direct, 
director at that point of time, uh, uh, Savio sir. He was he was there doing the A license, and he happened to see a session of mine. And when I seen this opportunity, I also applied for it. And since he knew that I had applied for it, he seen he came and he seen a session of mine. He liked it and he thought I should get an opportunity. And that's how it all happened. Uh, it I never I never thought really that uh, you know I would get that job at that point of time, uh, but I did. And I'm so I'm so glad it happened because. Uh, it allowed me to show who i am who who as a country who we are and show the potential of our girls as well and um that's a that's a fantastic story i mean that he that he had the opportunity to see that session and and you know you you, you delivered enough to impress him which doesn't surprise me um having seen oh. you coach um so Furman, so you get this opportunity with the women's under 15 team Tell us a little bit about the SAF Cup. What's the structure, and then how did you prepare going into the tournament? So uh, I was I was told about a day before the camp that uh, I need to report the next day, and uh, uh, this is what was told to even the girls who were the probables that they needed to report the next day uh, by a, by train. So practically, it was impossible for. Uh, people like from Kerala to sure. report to Odisha within a day. So, uh, so I had about 15 days to prepare, from which uh, I had to wait about three days because uh, the players were just arriving in those three days. And after those three days, uh, I had some time to. I took about four days to s select the team that I would like to take and. Uh, my whole focus was on two things was on intelligence and attitude and i found quite a few players i uh, found quite a few players with that which was which was big, a bit shocking for me right how big was the camp when you started how many players came in uh on day 1 we had about uh, 9 players right on day 1 and we 35 had to report and uh, by by day three, uh, all thirty five had reported. And you were trimming to how many how many players were you taking with you? Twenty three. Twenty three. And where was the championship held? Uh, it was held in Bhutan. Right. Uh, this this was in uh, uh, August. It was held uh, two thousand eighteen August. It was held in Bhutan, and. Was it immediately uh, so, after the camp, or you had a break again between yes. the camp? No, it was uh, immediately after the camp. Uh, right. So we had we had like a fifteen day camp, uh, from which about uh, uh, three four days went in trials. So I actually had three three tactical sessions with them right. and three conditioning sessions with them. Right. And the three tactical sessions were to prepare uh, our own strategy. Right. Uh, to build a base, basically, and uh, I, I, I'm telling you, I have coached a lot of girls and boys in youth uh, uh, abroad as well in India, and I, I did see this in England when I was coaching there. That I did one session, and it used to get executed right to the T when we used to uh, play. Right, and it never happened in India. Right, know? and and with these girls. 
they didn't have they were not they were not really uh, skilled but because of their level of intelligence they were grasping each and every session to the t and performing at that level so we had we had couple of practice matches uh, about three practice matches versus uh, the odisha team before we left right the senior odisha team and we won all the three matches uh, and that was just because they were you know doing exactly what was required of them right okay? and when i say required what uh, of them is uh, i i create an environment basically for players to to be intelligent you know and i tell them this is the way we will play but the decision is always going to be yours on the field as to which option you will choose all right, right. and those girls were executing it to the t i was i was i was in shock and awe of them i'm right. telling you I, they are going to they are going to play the world cup soon and those girls were amazing at that point of time because uh, we couldn't expect a lot of them because uh, skill wise you can't expect because they only play one tournament in the year and that's the nationals so you know? um, and that tournament right. so let me ask a question so you you get to bhutan with the team uh, yeah what is the the structure you were in a group there was a group phase and then there's a knockout phase or? yeah so uh, in the group we had three teams in each pool two pools uh, and the winner and runner up uh, of each pool qualify for the semi finals and right. then you have the finals so, so take take me to the first game what what happened in the first game and what was your preparation like so as i said we had already prepared back in india for our first game and uh, uh, one day before the match we had a light session and we tried to focus uh, on all the points our objectives that we needed to achieve from the match in which area how are we going to play and what what are the score lines as per that uh, how are we going to react and you know uh, scenarios what is going to be our formation yeah right. our formation and who was the opponents. who was the first opponent Sri Lanka and had you did you have so, any knowledge of them or were you able to get any information or it was somewhat going in um, blind yeah so it, basically Sri Lanka had come back from a ban so they they were playing after a while so uh, there was no information on them so i did not want to although uh, generally everyone said that sri lanka wouldn't be a good team i i never want to underestimate my opponent and right. in the while that they have not been seen we never know how how much they have been training what they have been doing so right. we, we went with our best lineup and we made sure that we give our 100% in that match and uh, we did so Uh, and it was a good start for us a confidence booster because we won 12-0 brilliant and yeah. uh obviously with 12-0 there's not going to be you know many complaints but what what were you feeling like after the game what were your thoughts well i fired the girls uh, because uh, uh, there were there, there were about uh, four attacks from sri lanka which i was not happy about yeah. uh, i didn't think they were at that level that they sh- should have created four opportunities to attack and i was really angry about that so although we won 12-0 i was firing them about uh, the mistakes they made in that match and it shouldn't happen because uh, we had said that defensively we are going to be really strong and make sure that 
we do not concede and giving away four opportunities to a team that is not uh, at par at you is is a grave mistake according to me right and then who was the next opponent after sri lanka uh the next opponent after sri lanka was bhutan and that was so uh match day plus 1 was that recovery what was that day like so we had uh we had a gap of uh, one day and then we played the next match so in between we uh on the day of the match itself we uh, the players substitutes and whoever have not played the whole match we made sure they did conditioning and the next day uh we worked on uh, mobility for recovery and right. we worked on we worked on uh, you know sh- uh, basically shadow training where they are just moving and we are correcting the mistakes that happened in the previous game and also we uh, started working towards playing bangladesh because uh, uh, that was that was going to be the finals which was anticipated uh, because i had already seen bangladesh play and on the other side they trashed uh, pakistan 14-0 right so so i said we we need to now we have prepared our base now we have to also prepare a counter in case uh, we get to the finals we need to be prepared to play bangladesh so we started working on movements of how we are going to play bangladesh as well uh, that was what we did in the one day gap and that's that's what, again again as i said it's amazing because these girls uh, they play a match they come for the next session they look fresh as new and <laughs> you know i i really don't know <laughs> those those were probably days when i was 12 years old that maybe i would come back like that but it's very difficult after a 90 minute match to expect them to come that fresh and even absorb the ideas that right. are being given to them right so and uh, what happened what, in the next game uh next game we won 1-0 versus bhutan right uh, so bhutan had a good uh, home crowd and i could see our players uh, slightly feeling the pressure there uh, which was a right. good experience for them uh, right. because we would face the same situation versus bangladesh soon later so and we got we got we got just one goal but uh, the opportunities we created were plenty and uh, that's that's what i always tell players that you know uh, it's okay some day it's not your day uh, you may not score but what is more important is the number of opportunities we created that is very important only if we are creating enough opportunities can we say the strikers could score and uh, that's that's what was very important in the match uh, but bhutan was a good team uh, yet yet uh, could, you could say par with us in skill level but in organization i think uh, our girls were doing way better right so now you've won the group and you move into the semi final correct yeah and who did you face so, in the semi in the semi finals we played uh, nepal right. and uh, so i seen i seen the videos of nepal uh, even when they played bangladesh uh, although they lost 3-0 uh, in the group match uh, they were really good you know they created a lot of opportunities and i was wary of that fact that they were a good team we couldn't take them lightly and in the match also they did show that that they were a good team and we won that match 2-1 uh, and again we created way more opportunities than them 
that was what was important for me and our defensive organization shape was really good uh, so in the nepal match i think that was the first time where i could i did not fire the girls because uh, i told them they did a decent job because we played a good team and you all did a decent job we won 2-1 in that match and that that was a good match actually and so now you again you have uh, one day in between the final right uh yeah so semi finals one day gap and uh we have the finals and that was against bangladesh yes so take us through the day before now you're going into a major final it's your first time too in this kind of situation what was kind of going through your mind the morning you woke up uh the next day to prepare now you're in the day in between the game's going to be one day later yeah so i'll first give you a background of bangladesh's preparation which i did research on before going for the tournament right. so uh bangladesh uh, under 16 under 15 uh, teams were very strong uh, they had played a tournament in hong kong a four nation cup and they had won that tournament and that year uh, in 2018 in total uh, they played 18 matches and they lost only one match that was to india okay uh, so uh, now uh, and they yeah the preparation for the saf cup and the afc cup they did a seven month camp in japan wow. to prepare for it wow so that's seven month versus about 15 days was what we had to you know were the facts and we had to somehow come up with the result to make sure we win the saf cup so i knew this before we went for the tournament and as i said so after match 1 we already had tactically started preparing to play bangladesh right and that and that really helped us a lot and one day even before the match we did a session uh, which was about one and a half hour and bangladesh did not uh, do a session they took rest on that day right so so and they were very confident because uh so someone interviewed me uh, after our semi final match uh, bangladesh uh, played and they won the match 5-0 versus bhutan and someone came and told me like you know you all won the match uh, 1-0 and bangladesh won 5-0 so you must be really disheartened i said i think i will let our girls football speak for itself and come the day we will give our best and we'll let our football speak for itself sure. and he said the uh, and he said like oh you think you have a chance i said the uh, I think that day will answer all everyone's questions. I think we'll leave it to that day. Right. So, so you trained yeah. for an hour and a half the day before the game. Yeah, and yeah. we we trained on on all the tactical aspects uh, of Bangladesh. Uh, we got our subs to actually uh, imitate Bangladesh really well, and me and Bebem also were in the opponents to imitate Bangladesh and imitate the players of Bangladesh and. see that our players are able to cope with the roles and responsibilities given to them player specific you know so we right. uh, bangladesh was way way better than us uh, technically and uh, on skill you know they were way way better than us right. uh, so we couldn't we couldn't beat them on skill it was going to be tactical and we we practiced that day and we had a soccer in the nepal match was uh, our captain shilki devi at the end of the match she had a bad clash and she was taken to the hospital and 
you know her reports were fine but uh, however the doctors said that uh, she may not be able to play the finals so i said if the reports are fine and there is no uh, no risk of her playing the finals i think her she's going to be strong headed and come back and the doctors said no it won't be possible uh, i also need to mention the indian army you know so the indian army at the indian consulate in bhutan uh, they did come down to watch the match uh, right uh, in the semi finals and they offered help they said that if you need anything any medical help and all so we had gone to the doctor in bhutan after which they said get her even to our doctor so that doctor the second doctor went and he said he gave he said the same things like me that she doesn't have any uh, major injury it is more a shock injury it is uh, more of pain if she can you know fight through those barriers i think she may be able to play the finals and uh, uh, that was what was in my head however i said now it's on it's up to her if she wants to play the final or not and i knew that she would want to because i know how strong headed shilki devi is and i knew that she would make it for the final so till the morning of the match day uh, she was she was not able to walk right you know and and i said i don't know you know i humans have no limits humans can do things that no one knows and uh, say about uh, we had a match at about 7 pm say around at 11 am she says that uh, you know i want to walk i want to walk i need help i want to walk so then bam bam and the physio starts helping her walk and gradually she starts walking that she said i don't need help and after after some time she's walking stairs and say about by 2:30 pm she is like i am playing the match <laughs> and she could, i think and, she she should she could teach a lesson to some of the boys oh. <laughs> yeah absolutely and that was that was amazing strength mental strength she sure. went through the pain barrier and as i'm sure the pain barrier that you know she couldn't keep her feet on the ground it was really that bad and going from there to playing the whole 90 minutes uh, i salute her man i salute her so uh, so that was a good confidence booster and we we had taken her to the ground one day before to see all the tactical information right so that although she did not train we said let her sit and watch Right. so we knew that even if she plays she's aware of what needs to be done right and so that is what happened she uh, so so one and a half hour of training and it was it wasn't light training i'll tell you because i wanted to prepare really well maybe maybe it was not the right thing to do generally but i wanted to prepare well because we knew that we had a task which everyone said even back home everyone said that that team of bangladesh i don't think you can beat them right you know so a lot of people back home also said that we because previous year we played them twice and we lost to them twice so they said that team is really good and there was one girl who was taller than me in that team and she was taking <laughs> shots from the half line in all the previous matches right. and she was scoring from the half line wow you know, so the power she had in her feet was amazing and a lot of times they use that strategy that you know let her run through and take long distance shots and you know that was like shocking the opponents so in this match what we what we did was we uh, uh came with a strategy uh, for the first half we played that strategy 
and uh, we were more over man to man and i'm telling you uh, so sunita munda was marking the tall player the tall player uh, who i said was taller than me and really strong sunita munda his height is uh, one third of her but i'm telling you that player didn't touch the ball the whole match right he did not even anything in the air so sunita made sure she leaped that high we are talking about ronaldo sunita did ronaldo's in that matches and made sure that she didn't even hit the ball and so yeah. so how was the going into the game what what did you feel about the the mentality of the girls going into the game what were your observations as a coach so i i thought they were they were really prepared and were ready for the match was one thing right. you know generally with small kids you need to you need to get them focused but i think this group of girls were really focused and right. they i think more than i helped them they helped me because they were doing the right things right you know? so so right. i i was just so happy that you know they were really focused they were doing the right things uh, i'll tell you an incident that later happened in mongolia which will also tell you that you know how focused they were so uh so before the match the team talk i generally uh, rehearse it quite a few times uh, uh, because right. i need to make sure i get it right yeah so before the match uh, the team talk i told them that you know uh, today it's not as uh, uh, 25 to 30 indians that are walking out there it's 1.4 crore indians that are walking out there right and that that is what you are going there for 1.4 crore indians and football means life for us you know there are few army guys out there who give their life on the border our job is to give the life on the field at the end of the match whatever be the result you know we we should not feel that we we have any regrets we should not right. feel at any point of time and it should be 100% you know maybe even 101% and that's what we need to put on that field there and i'm telling you from the first minute that's what we got fantastic and so what was the score at half time uh at half time we were 0-0 right okay and what did and, you tell the girls and that so we had a change in strategy to surprise the opponents right. so uh in the first half we were playing deep in the right. first half we were playing pretty deep and absorbing a lot of pressure so in the second half we said we are going to change that we are going to play a high line and they were not uh, so probably they were preparing a strategy of how to beat us how we played in the first half and when we came in the second half they were shocked because uh, that's all i told them that girls you all are doing you all are doing a great job but as i said till the 90th minute we have to give our lives there's nothing less than that we are giving and you all have done that till now i'm confident you all will do that just this change of strategy and uh, let's see how we can execute that very well and they executed that also perfectly well because we kept on uh, taking the line up and there were i think about 20 offsides that bangladesh had in the second half right you know they they weren't ready for that because their strikers were making runs all the time thinking our defender was going to hold back and stay there but we were doing the opposite and we were just getting the ball back because of them being offside and we were creating chances in the second half which was amazing you know so and finally 
around the uh, 65th minute we got a corner and it was a sh short corner that we had rehearsed in practice and again executed perfectly and then perfect goal and yeah. you know it was it was like everything in training was seen on the ground and i don't know you can't be happier than that as a coach at least right <laughs> you know so and then you know around the 85th minute we are leading 1-0 uh our left back she got the player of the tournament also wow. you know so it, how often do you see a left back getting player of the tournament you know of course. so that's how well the right back and left back also played uh and i think as a team we did so brilliant uh and i think it's more of them rather than me you know uh, i think i did the right selection was the most important thing and right. the rest of it is history they they sure. just showed who we are and what and, was it like uh, off the pitch uh, as a, 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 it's a, a young girls team, but it's a national team. What were some of the things that you put in place while you were traveling? What were, what were some of the, the standards, the rules? Yeah. So uh, the rules and regulations, I always uh, get the players, the staff, everyone to come together on day one. And I tell that you all will set the rules and regulations, not me. So, mm -hmm. I said, I said, uh, what do you all think should be, uh, you know, the way the team should be run? So they said, we need to be on time for training. I said, very good. So if you're late, what happens? So uh, then they, someone would say like 50 push-ups. Then someone would say, no, no, 50 is too much. Let's, let's make it 20 <laughs> push-ups. Uh, and that's how they would negotiate and come on the numbers. And finally, like, okay, 25 push-ups is what we'll do for every minute that we are late. Right. We, so... So there were a lot of rules and regulations about kit and everything, wearing the pro proper kit while going for dinner and all those things. And most of the time, you know, uh, I didn't need to look at anything because they were following everything. What about diet? And yeah. So as I said, I'll come back to Mongolia. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I had, I had told them what were the right things to eat and not. Uh, let me tell you that I had got a sack a sack full on maybe at the end of uh, the fifth day of training, I'd got a sack full of wafers and all all the non-healthy stuff from their rooms. Right. I told the captain to go and uh, ransack their rooms and make sure you get all the unhealthy stuff. Right. And she went and she bought everything out there. And it was more than a sack. You know, it was more than a sack. I tell you, it was like these girls loved eating that stuff. Now, uh, just few days after that, when we go to Mongolia for the uh, uh, AFC Cup qualifiers, so uh, uh, our manager and the assistant coach were like, uh, "Yeah, this is they are being means uh, tortured. Yeah, they should get to eat little bit and all." Right. And I don't blame them for that. Means yeah, some, you do have a soft corner. So I had gone out for something, and at that point of time, the girls were offered. Uh, some cakes, pastries out there. Okay, so the goalkeeper coach, who was also brilliant in his job, Kadir sir. So he was there at the dinner table, and he's seen that this this is what is happening. So, so since I was not there, they were offered cakes, and what they did was is they said no, we are not going to have it. And I'm telling you, they loved cakes. They loved cakes, but they said we are not going to have it. We know what is important for us, and we'll stay focused. Because we have matches coming up and 
that is what is uh, what is important for us that we focus on all the aspects all the components of football rather than our temptations and uh, that's that's what as i said i i had to do nothing it was all them fantastic and um you know obviously you guys you won the the championship and you know as a coach what do you think were some of your key learnings having come back from the championship you have time to kind of come down from the high and think about everything what were your learnings yeah so the thing is according to me uh, uh, the the girls taught me a lot of things out there you know they they showed me that you know uh, just just with intelligence the kind of football that you can play uh, how to get a team together okay how to get a team together they showed me more than i am showing them uh, every day i am telling them about team bonding and i see i see incidents that were like sh- uh, shocking i was like wow <laughs> they they really know how to do it uh, so the vice captain aveka she used to call the team you know uh, before the one day before the match day they used to they used to discuss their roles and responsibilities and everything and say, say you know sir has told these all things you all remember yeah that is fantastic so, you know like amazing i as i said i learned more from them than they learned from me because they were they were disciplined they showed me what a team with discipline focus intelligence could do and with just just those few tactical sessions they executed everything uh yeah i could say that uh, uh, we need to learn how to climatize ourselves uh, as a country when it goes to tournaments our preparation needs to be a little better uh, like mongolia was in my english degrees and we trained in delhi in about 42 degree heat at that point of time so that right. really didn't help the team right that really didn't help the team so i think we have to work more on our preparation for tournaments uh that's that's an important learning for me uh i had requested for a lot of preparations uh, however i think uh, due to uh, budget constraints and uh, some other regulations they were not able to provide a lot of it and um how do you feel about the state of the women's game in our country uh, well as i said we are we are we are uh we are far behind but but the scope in women's football is amazing it it wouldn't take us long for us to actually qualify in the women's uh, tournament world cup rather than the men's the men's is more difficult in that sense whereas our women uh, are really strong really intelligent and they have the right. will power like no one no one does and i think they have a better chance of getting there earlier than the men i'm not saying that the men are not good enough but uh in sense of competition also as i said the scope is better because the teams are uh, that are above us most of the teams uh, compared to the top 5 most of the teams can can be beaten by indian girls easily fantastic that's great to hear um now ferman you have been involved in uh coaching in the bombay area for a long time um various situations in schools uh with wefa with state teams now you have national team experience and yeah. uh you know you started football club of mumbaikers um focused largely on youth 
development largely, and I know you're you're also in the the Mumbai League as well. Um, so tell us a little bit about the football club. Uh, so uh, when I came back from UK, uh, I I worked with a couple of academies uh, with the aim that you know my dream has always been India qualifying for the World Cup. So with the aim of you know setting up systems to make sure that we can get there a few years from now, I started working with a couple of academies. Uh, however, I didn't find uh, the academies to be so passionate uh, about the same. Uh, achievements as to India as a country growing and becoming a world superpower in football. Uh, so I thought I need to, I think, start something by myself. And that's the reason in 2011, I went ahead and started the Football Club of Mumbaikars uh, with the long-term objective of us creating a lot of players in the youth system that go on to represent India and not only represent India, they make sure India win. Right. So that was what the target was. And uh, we've been doing pretty well. In the first year that we played the Youth I-Leagues, we were uh, the only team from uh, uh, Mumbai to make it to the final round in 2000, uh, 2017. So that was quite an achievement in the first year itself for us to get there. And then we were the first team in Mumbai to get a three-star accreditation, uh, which was another uh, amazing achievement. Besides that, uh, uh, on a local level, the boys have been always winning tournaments. Uh, it's The list is like never ending. So I've been happy with the fact uh, how we have been progressing and our long-term objectives that we have. We have been, uh, you know, uh, matching up what we were supposed to achieve year on year. So it's been a good experience and I think the, uh, the kind of club I wanted, or rather academy I wanted to create, we are, we are, they're right there. And uh, Furman, tell me, um, in terms of the youth structure we have today, you know, what is your feedback on that? What do you think uh, maybe is okay? And what do you think needs improvement? Uh, well, uh, I think that there is a lot of improvement required in the sense of education. Right. Uh, I think I think a lot of us are illiterate when it comes to football. Okay, even even us both, maybe we we may have the knowledge out there is like hundred percent, and we may have like five percent knowledge. There's a, there's a whole world out there that we need to learn about. And when it comes to most of uh, uh, the people in football, their knowledge is close to zero point five percent. Okay, <laughs> and thanks to that, thanks to that, what happens is that the guidance the children are getting is is really wrong. They they are being taken for wrong tournaments and being told you're representing India. Uh, they're being uh, they're not uh, they're being held back in clubs and being told that if you go and play for a club that plays in the youth I League, you will be banned. You know, there's a lot of uh, rumors that these people who don't have knowledge and the children and their parents who don't have knowledge listen to and are not really getting the right training. You know? So there are a lot of qualified coaches here in India today who are, uh, you know, right out there to help everybody. However, uh, you know, we can't help people because there are a lot of uh, people who spread the wrong rumors and do not allow these children to come and train. So 
I think that's one thing is we need to educate the mass crowd out there and maybe get into schools and maybe have a show like yours. I think this this <laughs> yeah. is a great this is a great platform where you know a lot of coaches, as you said, uh, you know would like to understand our experiences and like to understand player pathways, like to understand coach pathways, uh, like to understand about how to get to the national team and a lot of structures. And I think this is this is one of a great initiative, and there has to be many more initiatives to make sure that uh, kids and their parents are educated in the Absolutely. right sense. Absolutely. So that is. Absolutely. And so that is why don't you share, change. you know, we've, we've, fortunately, we've had many conversations about it. Why don't you share how you've handled it? A lot of your players have been in demand and all the clubs have asked for them and, and how have you handled it? You know, you've been, I think you've been a model example for everyone. So. Uh, well, see, as, as I said, I don't, I, I always think we empower. And when I say empower is, uh, we tell we tell the parents you ask the right questions, and then you get the answers. If the answers are fine with you, you go ahead and take your decision. Right. So that's what we have always told our parents. And uh, however, somehow parents get influenced, and a lot of times, like last year, we lost a lot of kids to another club, right? Uh, where they said, you know, uh, we are getting free training over there, and I think because of free training, we'll go and join the club. And these are children who can afford, not the underprivileged, because we right. train the underprivileged right. at no cost. Right. So these, so these children have gone to another club, and uh, you know now now they will come back to us because they've already started talking with us, saying that you know uh, we did not get enough of opportunities. Too many kids signed in those clubs, and we want to come back and stuff and all. And I I told them that this is what is going to happen if you do not verify the information that you're getting from everybody that you get. Because in today's time, the internet is an amazing tool. And that's what I say is we empower people. We need them to find out what is right rather than someone telling them what is right. right. And there are a lot of platforms to get this information. We have the AIFF website. We have state association websites. We have local district websites. We have club websites. You know, so all these things out there, I think people are not using it. We have Google as well. You know, if we start using a lot of the information that is available online, I think uh, they could they could start asking the right questions like, what is the qualification of the coach that will train my kid? What is the facility where my kid would train? You know, what, what next after he trains, what tournaments he's going to play and why should he play those tournaments? And what what is going to happen after him playing the tournaments? So our scouts going to come watch him. What is which is the next tournament? What is the progression for it? You know. So when parents start asking the right questions and they get the answers, they will know which is where they their kid needs to train. So right. I think that's that's what uh, as I said some time back, education is the most important thing. And at at my club, that's what we have always always been. Uh, emphasizing on and the main two pillars of our academy has been ethics and quality and we make sure that we never compromise on those two whatever be the circumstances fantastic uh, Furman and um, Furman just so everyone can understand you know you you played for a long time 
in Bombay, you, you know, you played for clubs like even ONGC, et cetera. Then you got into a little bit of a traditional corporate route in your career, right? And it was only after that that you went into coaching. What uh, led you uh, back into to coaching? Uh, well, actually, I was coaching right from 2000 uh, mm -hmm. while I was playing. Uh, however, as a player, I soon realized after playing at a high level that, uh, you know, that we do not have coaching. So, yeah. uh, when I, the reason I did the corporate jobs was because when I did my research, uh, England was the best place to do your license at that time and learn the most at that time. So, I needed to collect money because I, I do not come from a family that could afford me going to England and doing the courses. So. I needed to collect money. So I did three jobs a day. I used to work in a call center. I used to uh, coach at uh, two places and I used to play as well. And I used to uh, barely sleep an hour or two. And uh, I used to cover up the sleep on my off days of the call center. So uh, I used to sleep about uh, 12 hours on one day and about 10 hours on the other. And that's how I used to manage you know, uh, and that was all to just collect the money so that I could go to UK. It was right. not for right, not for uh, making money for myself or I thought of that career. It wasn't anything like that. Uh, even in the call centers, uh, I used to always tell them that you know, my week, uh, my weekly offs have to be scheduled as per the matches of the teams that I'm coaching. You know, so if that's not going to happen, I'm not. I will not be working here. I will join another call center. Right. So uh, they used to understand that and accordingly schedule my weekly offs. And when required, uh, sometimes I used to also take an extra privilege leave to make sure that I could take care of my football commitments. And yeah, that was why I was working in the corporate sector uh, to make sure I could collect the money and go to UK and do my UFR license. Fantastic. And um, so Furman, you know, you've got enormous experience. Um, you know, up and down the ecosystem as a player, as a coach, coaching in so many different contexts, as I said. If you had to give uh, today's youth player advice, um, what would it be? Uh, well, this is what I always tell people first, uh, is as a human, there are a few things we need to do uh, in our daily lives, okay? Is one is being a human, is that that is very important we do not behave like you know uh, people who who have no feelings people who have no ethics we, humans humans are the best species on earth and we are really good people and right. that's the first thing that's the first thing anyone needs to do so for every youth that is the first first step okay second step is uh, a lot of people think you need to get fit to play sport uh, which is which is totally the opposite. Fitness is a way of life. You know, uh, the benefits through through fitness for life through sports uh, is fitness throughout life, and also uh, the values that you get through sports. It makes you a way better person. It keeps you healthy, uh, and you have the right habits, right. right eating habits, right exercising habits. It is it is not that you are playing sport always to be a player. You may be a player or not tomorrow, but this is a uh, way of life. Fitness is always a way of life. 
at any point of time everyone needs to be fit as trying to say that you need to be yeah as trying to say you need to be fit just for sport makes no sense at all you need to be fit anyway that is a way of life and then i tell them that you know yeah the human brain has no limits has no limits if you have the will power of what you want to achieve in life you will always achieve it and your commitment to that uh, achieving that target has to always be 100% always you should never regret you know that you do not give your best this is this is the advice i give to every youth i i don't tell them you know you have to become a football player or something i just tell them that this is very important that you understand why you're playing sport you understand uh, what is being a good human being and you understand what is the way of life brilliant brilliant message uh, firman and uh, i hope everyone's listening to it and taking it in because it's uh, it's inspiring it's motivating me too so thank you um now firman one more for you maybe two more what's sure. your advice to a young coach who wants to achieve what you've achieved you know and really has a passion to 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 coach and a passion to make a difference uh with youth you've done a lot you've experienced um, a lot see i always say that knowledge and experience are the are other you know to application that is the back end that is the back end to what you will do on the field so you need to make sure you are knowledgeable and your experience happens by just getting into the job there uh, never never have fear from learning and never have fear from failure uh, you know because sometimes coaches want to win matches and may not may not uh, want to you know take some risk but if you never take risk if you never try out what is in your mind you may never really learn and i think that is a important learning process is not having fear of failure right always wanting to learn uh, like even on the licenses if you go on the licenses uh, my objective has always been that i want to learn i have never i have never had the objective as i want to pass the course my objective right. has always been i want to learn even if i uh, suppose i failed the course i am okay with that as long as i have taken a lot from the course that is right. more important than anything else so right. i think for young coaches that is what is uh, very important is they should be wanting to learn all the time the level of commitment again from a coach a lot of people think coaching is about you know going for a session and uh, you got to get paid for it and that's it you if you if you're behind the money then you have got the whole idea wrong because money follows passion and not passion for doesn't follow money so if you're passionate you will you will be working for a single session probably 6 to 7 hours a day because you will be recording your sessions you will be watching it later you will be reflecting and accordingly preparing your next session plans you will be watching football trends you will be reading a lot of what the coaches are doing world over what works for you you will try to experience it and come out with your formulas of what works and what doesn't work and you know that's how you become a good coach so it's very important that uh, open to learning all the time and you're very committed because commitment is a lot of i see today that and for a one session so you go home and 
you know, uh, waste my time on preparing a session plan or uh, doing this, doing that. So I tell them that you don't want to do it, you don't do it. But you are basically working for the money. You are not working because you want to be a good coach. Absolutely. So this is what they need to understand is uh, being, being a good coach is not about just, uh, you know, doing the session out there. It is a lot of things and you would agree with me. Like just watching a match video, we may do it about five to six times, you know, to see a lot of different aspects and a lot of different things every time that we watch the match. And that takes a lot of time, a lot of commitment, a lot of concentration and a lot of sacrifices, which uh, most of the coaches today are not ready to do. And over time, the coaches who do that, they get the results and that is pure commitment. And that, that's what you need from coaches. Absolutely agree with you, Furman. Thank you, Furman. And, um, you know, Furman, if you look at our future as a country, right, and you've experienced now both men's and women's game, we've talked a little bit about how the women's game is perhaps more even more exciting in terms of how far we could go, maybe in a lesser period of time. Yeah. If you think about the future, do you think we're doing the right things now in India to develop our game, develop our sport? Uh, well, we have started with the youth leagues uh, was probably uh, the first step and baby leagues has been the second step. We have started uh, doing the right things, but we are yet far away from, uh, you know, uh, coming up with systems which are encouraging uh, youth to take up football and youth to feel, uh, you know, that they are in an environment of learning. So, uh, yet a lot of emphasis on results at the uh, younger age groups uh, uh, and uh, yet a lot of emphasis on uh, uh, the wrong aspects of football in the youth category. So, I think uh, there is yet a long way to go, but we have started with a few steps like baby leagues and uh, Youth, youth I leagues are, are the first step, but uh, I think a lot of lot of people like you, uh, who have a lot of experience in this field, need to be you know at least taken on as consultants to understand the Indian system and what works and what doesn't work, and also compare it to the countries where you know they have they are regularly qualifying for the World Cup. How have they got there? Because it is very evident that. First, their youth teams did qualify for the World Cup and that's when the their senior teams started qualifying after a few years after the youth teams started qualifying. These are for the countries that were not regulars in the FIFA World Cup. If you check their history, you'll clearly see the history shows the youth teams doing well and because of the youth system uh, filtering up to the senior system, uh, that's how their senior teams have started performing. And right. I think... I think uh, I think uh, associations, uh, uh, the AIFF top clubs should be hiring a lot of uh, experienced people, experienced people, not only experience in coaching, experience in knowledge, experience in, uh, you know, dealing with uh, a lot of associations of people, the people like you should be uh, consultants to a lot of organizations on how to run things. So uh, uh, you had, you had told me, uh, you had asked me a question before, uh, which owner you uh, appreciate in India. And I said that I actually appreciate you a lot because you know how to run a business because you are sustainable. 
and uh, i'll tell you that i'll tell you that all the clubs in india none of them are sustainable okay our academy is pretty much sustainable but i have i have visited a lot of clubs in india and even if you go online and check everyone says that we are losing money and not losing uh, you know small chunks they're using losing big amounts and they're shutting down we have seen that happening over the years so they do not know how to run a business so people like you who know how to run a business by supporting it by another commercial business are the people who should be consultants to AIFF and to a lot of associations and clubs on how to run a business and how to run systems how to run youth systems uh, and get things in place you know thank you firman thank you for that i really appreciate it and thank you for coming on the show i hope you'll come on again because uh, you've got a lot of experience and I know I've got coaches and players all over the country tuning in. Thank you for being so candid and sharing your knowledge, your experience, your advice, and uh, have a, a great week ahead, Furman. Thank you. You too. Thanks a lot for inviting me. It was a privilege. Take care. Thank you. Cheers.